It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This podcast episode is not brought to you by Audible. Today, I'm going to talk about a different book by a different author other than Pam Grout, who I still love. Wendy Fadian is an author in my very own town of Amherst, Ohio. I'm obsessed with taking an idea or an inspiration and turning it into something that others can see, use, or feel. And Wendy has done just that. Inspired by her own life stories, struggles, and trials, she has turned her idea into a book. And it's an awesome one. Before I share my interview with Wendy, I wanted to give an update and tell you about the challenge tasks for the week. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm running a challenge in my Facebook group called Your Daily Dose of Awesome. There's so many inspirational and supportive people in this group. If you're searching for a dose of awesome to add into your everyday routine, my group promises to deliver. The challenge was inspired by the book called Art and Soul Reloaded by Pam Grout. Pam talks about different activities to try each week of the year to get your inspiration muscles strengthened. And I refer to it more like making adulting fun. Because paying bills and grocery shopping and working and taking care of kids is not always fun. So why not add a little something to focus on to bring some pizzazz to your week? So join the Facebook group by searching Your Daily Dose of Awesome. Also in my challenge, I'm offering a prize to the person who participates the most in the group. And I'm new to podcasting, so to be able to say that I now offer some merch is a big deal to me. This week's winner is, well, you'll have to listen to the very end to find out. Last week's challenge was to turn ideas into real things like, um, and then um, eat somewhere different. And um, we also did Facebook show and tell. And I don't know how many ideas actually became a reality last week or if anyone ate somewhere new because the most popular task of the week was the show and tell. And it really warmed my heart to see what people loved for a change. I've managed to fill my Facebook account with positive people, but in the past, I've seen a ton of haters on my feed and they were just haters of all kinds of things. So um, I really, really enjoy seeing what other people love instead of what they hate. So this week's challenge is a little crazy. Well, I don't know, maybe not crazy, but um, a little bit out of my own comfort zone. But um, the first one, there's only two this week, and the first one is to write a haiku, and the second one is to post as many businesses that you personally could start from home. Now, I know writing a haiku sounds kind of ridiculous, and I don't think I've written one since maybe like seventh grade in Mrs. Porter's English, English class. And the fact that I actually can remember that is a little scary, but I guess it's Halloween week, right? Um, but if you've forgotten what a haiku is, according to Google, a haiku is a Japanese poem of 17 syllables and three lines of five, seven, and five, traditionally evoking images of the natural world. 
And I write in a journal every night. Actually, I have like three journals at night because it's therapeutic to me. But one of them is called Question and Answer a Day. And it's pretty cool because each day it asks you a question and there are only four lines and where to put your answer. And and then like every year for five years, you can see how your answers has, has evolved. And so anyway, ironically, one of the prompts was to write a, a haiku and I wrinkled my nose at this one. But once I gave it a little bit of effort, I found myself laughing at myself And you may be thinking that you stink at this too, but just do it and post it and make us all laugh. I sat at Haley's football game where she cheers and, um, and I came up with, I don't know, I came up with, I'm sure I came up with five because I scheduled my five haikus for the week, um, while I was sitting there watching her and I was able to do it. I mean, they stink, but, um, but I did it and I put myself out there. So, um, but just do it because it is funny. And honestly, it's not as hard as you think it is. It's just, I thought it was kind of cool, but, um, but anyway, we're all in this together. And also who knows, perhaps there's a professional haiku poet among us and this is how you make your millions. So here was one, um, that I wrote, um, last, this was about a situation last week that happened at school. And I don't, I know it's supposed to be about the natural world and I guess it kind of is, but, um, but basically all of my haikus, you'll see like, I'll just kind of have to do with what's going on at the moment. But okay. So here's mine. So, um, I wrote today was low key, my hardworking students and me and a buzz bee. Now, I know that's really bad, but it cracks me up because the day I was referring to was really low-key until a bee flew in the room. So if you're not a teacher, just really picture it. You finally have your students settled down after begging and pleading, and then a stupid bee enters the room. And and last week, I, I found out later that it was a full moon and... I don't know if that really has anything to do with it, but last week was really crazy and I had a hard time getting my students to concentrate. And so it's like, I just finally got them to settle down and then a bee comes in and of course, then they all start running around and screaming and it was chaos. So, um, and then the other one, list or post as many ideas as you can of businesses you could start from home. And you might be thinking, well, why would I want to do that? I already have a career. And I know I do. I have a career. I have two, actually. Um, but the point is to exercise the inspiration muscle. So by giving it a shot, you might have opened your door to your millions. So um, you maybe you needed to do this exercise just um, to realize that you owe it to the universe to start this business. Or maybe your idea inspires someone else to try something. Um, the possibilities really are endless, but I truly believe, and Pam Grout would say the same, that if an idea is nagging at you, then it is your responsibility to bring it into the world. And the other thing is that we are all connected, which is kind of funny that I actually wrote that um, a couple days ago because I have to work on this in chunks, but um, but I just finished watching... Um, Oh gosh, what's it called? I just finished watching Manifest. It's um, my latest addiction. It's like the one little show that I ever watched with my son Christian in this episode. That was the uh, the little phrase that kept coming up was that all things are connected. So I think that's kind of interesting that I wrote that a couple days ago. But um, But you never really know who needs to hear, read, or see what only you can bring forth. 
So now for my interview with Wendy Fadian. I really enjoyed this interview, not only because she's my friend, but I really am fascinated by taking an idea and putting it out there. And like this podcast was only an idea for an entire year. It just sat there it, like laying on my heart for a year and nagging and nagging and I did nothing about it. Um, and so uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Wendy from beginning to end of this idea process and her turning it into a book. So it's been really cool to have a friend that's an author and to see um, where her creativity is coming from. So Wendy talks about what inspired her to write her book, and it's called Somewhere in Between. And um, she also talks about what to do when you run, of I- run out of ideas and how to power through when you're doubting yourself. So um, here's my interview with Wendy Fadan. I wanted to preface the interview with Wendy Fidan um, with a summary on her book called Somewhere in Between. So here's the summary. It goes like this. Um, After a deadly car accident, Max Spencer finds himself in the confusing afterlife. While in this state of surprising existence, he learns some interesting realities of heaven and hell, but mostly he learns about a dimension called the in-between, where he finds himself trapped. Max is surprised to find a friendship and support in a living soulmate who he used to call Dizzy Lizzie. He also finds guidance and direction from an odd artistic woman and a bitterly sarcastic spirit guide named Bob. During this journey, Max learns how to let go of his life and family and move toward his final purpose as one of the warriors determined to help the living by fighting off predatory demons and corrupt in-betweeners. This book is also set in the small town of Amherst, Ohio, which is where I'm from. And I absolutely love this town. So if you are listening to this and you are from Amherst, Ohio, you should definitely get this book because um, I think everybody would enjoy it. It's just interesting. Um, But especially if you're from Amherst, because as I was reading it, I could totally picture all the scenes in my mind, which um, made it that much better. So um, here's my interview with Wendy Fidian. Hey, Wendy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you again about your book. Yay. I'm so happy, too. I'm very excited. I yeah, always was like, <laughs> I can yeah, talk forever about it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like, it's been a lot of fun watching it, like, develop. I Because I, I think I've known you the whole, through this whole process, haven't I? That's right, actually. <laughs> That's kind yeah, of Yeah, so this is really exciting. Hee-hee. <laughs> Okay, so um, here's my first question. So what motivated or inspired you to write this book? Well, let's see. Um, there are, of course, a few different, uh, different things that inspired it. Like, um, my, like my father, he, um, he, it's just, you know, it's interesting how all these different things kind of come together to form an idea to come to fruition um, you know, one of which was my father passing away like over a year ago. So I, you know, of course the afterlife had been in my mind. My, my son was in the process of writing a book about dimensions and we were watching stranger things together mm-hmm. as a family, you know, and, you know, when all these things kind of started to come together and finally this idea that had been brewing in my mind for a few years, finally just kind of went kaboom. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is finally it. Um, 
but I think what, um, let's see what, what made it really come together, I think was, you know, I had an idea of, of these, these kids that I wanted to write a book that, that my kids could read, Mm -hmm. especially something that my son would really enjoy. Uh, I really wanted to try to do that. I liked the challenge of seeing, okay, can I write something that maybe my son would really like to read? Because that's <laughs> that a huge they challenge. It? Did they read it? <laughs> well, my son, he, he wanted, he wanted me to, um, I'm actually kind of saving it for his next book report that he has to do in the sixth oh, grade because they're okay. going to be reading like a fiction novel and stuff. So I got permission from the teacher that he can read that for his, like his fiction <laughs> assignment. So well, I'm really so excited. Cool. It will be so he'll be finally reading the entire thing. But uh, as I was writing it chapter by chapter, I was feeding chapters to my kids and getting feedback from them. And they were really inspiring me to keep going because they were really getting excited about it. So that really helped fuel my enthusiasm and my inspiration to keep on going while I was writing it. Now, I do have like a, a question that I didn't think of earlier. I'm not sure if you can answer this or if you can remember, but like, I know for myself when I get an idea and I get really excited about it, but then for whatever reason, I won't get started. Did you, did you like go through that? Like, it seems like I have, I want to write this book or I want to start this podcast, but the, the thought of it just seems so overwhelming. Like, did that happen to Uh, you? Well, you know what? Normally I would probably procrastinate a lot. Uh, and um, come up with all these excuses not to get started because yes, a book project is an enormous thing to do. Um, but I've kind of had this, I, I, I think every, it was just time for me to get started because the previous year I had not done any writing at all because I was in the process of moving out of my old house and moving into the new house and all this stuff was happening and I couldn't do any of that creative stuff that I had wanted to do for a while. Like I, for a while, I I was starting to have a goal of putting a book out every year Mm -hmm. and um, more of an illustrated uh, children's book though was my goal. But then when this project came along, I was like, you know what? I just, you know, when that, when that inspiration just hits you yeah, just feel that burst of like, you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Yes. And that's kind of what happened to me. And I was also, I think it was just at the right time because I felt that fr- kind of little creative frustration inside me telling me I have to, I have to create something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do understand that. So yeah. when you sat down at the computer, did it flow out of you easily? Like it really, first, that first day <laughs> that you sat? Well, what I did first was I, uh, I sat, I, I grabbed my, um, my notebook and I, I just wrote three, like, I think like actually six pages of notes first, of uh, just kind of flowing out of me. Just like I was, I could see everything. I could see everything. I could see, okay, I'm going to have it based in Amherst because, you know, I'm getting to know this town and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, think I was starting to, everything was seeming very real in my mind all of a sudden I could see the characters and I could see where they were going to live I could see what they were going to do what they were going to be like and the the um the challenges that they would have and uh, I was still a little fuzzy about the ending at the at that point but uh 
but except for that part, <laughs> everything was really concrete. So I think that helped me to, I just basically wrote everything down um, just in note form, like mm-hmm. just scattered notes. And then I went to the computer and I started writing chapter one and just, and I'm, I'm the kind of person, you know, some writers, they might go from chapter one to chapter five to whatever, but I like to go in sequence. So mm-hmm. it just makes more sense to me. Yeah. I bet <laughs> it felt really great to get that out because I know for my own self, when I get some kind of a, an idea in my head that keeps bothering me, <laughs> um, it feels really great to get it moving. So. Yes. I was just very grateful that for once it didn't happen at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I see your Facebook post and I can see when you post on things. I'm like, I can't believe she's awake right now. I know. It's pretty um, bad. Yeah. So I see that. But you know what? Like, you're the one that told me you got to go where the energy goes. So yes. if the energy kicks in at four in the morning, then that's when you got to go. I guess. Yes. So. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. So my next question is what was important to you to? To express through this book what was like your theme what did you want to get expressed through it yes and I actually I was thinking real hard about this question and thinking because the, there are so many things that I have expressed in this book I think the most important part for me um which is interesting because the book is about this boy who's you know thrust into the afterlife and his experience uh, in dealing with it but um really the main purpose I think for writing it was for the um was that character Lizzie who is experiencing a tremendous amount of spiritual warfare um the living person um because I I was really that was a really important thing for me to explore I think just personally I'd I'd wanted to to um to write about like that part of my own life that, you know, I've, I've, I've had parts of my own life where I've, I've struggled with depression and stuff like that. And it's hard to write about that stuff, Mm -hmm. but in a work of fiction, I was able to kind of figure out how to really write about it and write my feelings about it in an interesting way. And, um, really, really expressing my own feelings about spiritual warfare, but, um, but really, um, approaching it in in a very in, in an entertaining way an interesting way that even kids could understand yeah you, <laughs> you know, know one of the um and I think we talked about this when you were here um a little more in depth uh in a previous conversation but um I really liked the one thing that I I mean I took a lot away from the book um, but one of the major things that I like carry with me and that I tell other people about was, um, and I'm not going to give too much away, um, <laughs> but the part, like there was a part in the hospital, I believe. And, and I think it was the parents, they were going through <clears throat> dealing with some grief and like in this other world, like when there was, um, grief or negativity going on it was like this demon was like getting uglier and uglier am I mm-hmm. am I rephrasing yes. that correctly because I read a lot of books so. yes um, yeah that's right <laughs> but um but that part of it because tr- I liked that idea because whether that is true or mm-hmm. not I mm-hmm. think that's a good picture of um if there could be a picture of how negativity like 
can almost literally eat us, eat away yes. at us and take away our energy. Um, yes. So that's the one thing I took away that I, like I said, it just really resonated with me. And it's a good way to like explain that to kids too. Like, I mean, it's yeah. whether it's true or not, who knows? But, yeah. but the idea of saying, you know what, every time you're getting upset or you're, you know, you know, you're getting negative or you're complaining or you're whining or whatever, you know, negative things kids can go through. Like if you tell them or you paint this picture, you're creating this monster Yes, working around you. I just think that's a really cool, um, I really liked that idea. I thought it was kind of cool that, that, that I know you and you came up with that. I know that's really cheesy, but that's a cool <laughs> idea. I thank you very much. Yeah. And that's, I'm really glad that you got that out of it. Cause it was really, um, that was such an important thing for me to write about and not just that, but I, yeah, I'm afraid of t- giving away too much too, but just, but I guess I'll, I have to add just the, you know, with that negativity, you know, that whole, you know, the, the solution being love and light, you know, being yeah. the, the, uh, the remedy for all of that negativity and what, you know, what ultimately heals and protects. And that was a huge part too, I guess, really of, um, of the whole picture there. Um, right. that I wanted like to communicate. How to make it go away by being kind and loving. Yeah. The whole yeah. love conquers all kind of idea, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, I just got an idea and you can do what you want with it, but <laughs> that concept right there, cause I know you write really good children's books because the one book that you gave me, um, what was that called? The very bad day or something. Yes. <laughs> um, Haley really likes that book and that, concept right there you could almost write that in it like in a children's book like that's for right little, little kids to understand that's true that's true yeah I think that would be a neat thing so there's another little idea that just hopped into my head <laughs> <laughs> um okay here's another question was there a point during the process of writing when you felt like giving up or you doubted your vision and if so how did you get through that yeah um I mean, everyone has their own points, of course, but I think the hardest part for me was um, when, you know, my son was off at summer camp, so he wasn't, he was no longer there to kind of be my, you know, my cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Um, My, my daughter had, um, had gone uh, off to her grandmother's. And so I had my cheerleaders, they were all gone, you know, and I had, it was coincidentally the point in time where it was time for me to work on the middle section of my book where the climax was finally happening. And I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do with this? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was, I was kind of felt almost a little bit of writer's block starting to happen because I was feeling overwhelmed that, oh my gosh, this is an important part of the book. I have to create some sense of climax. And I hadn't really at the, that point, I think really, I, I knew what I wanted to write about, but um, I was like, oh boy, do I have enough of a, an arc going on here, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized I, I really had to figure all that stuff out. And it was much slower. <laughs> the progress oh. was very slow. And it it was uh, I was a little worried because it wasn't flowing out of me as easily and quickly as as it started as it did at the beginning when I was very inspired you know, mm-hmm. um, so that was hard to get through when, and I think what um, 
I guess what really, <laughs> I hear everybody say this, you know, when, when, and any, you know, the way to get through writer's block is to write. <laughs> I just had to, yeah. I had to keep that in mind. I had to just be like that where I was like, okay, I just have to keep writing. Even if it's garbage, I have to keep writing, you know, because yeah. if I don't, then nothing's going to happen. I'm never going to get through it. So I had to listen to that advice that I had heard from many different sources, you know, where the whole source, the, you know, the way to get through writer's block is just to write. <laughs> yeah. Um. I like what you said about having your cheerleaders around because I feel like that's kind of like what the Facebook group has kind of become. Yeah. Um, and I, I know like a lot of my friends um, and I've got, there's people on there that I, I don't know, um, but I've enjoyed watching everybody like cheering each other on. So it's almost like, you know, when you talk about things it, or, or it's like, I think it's really important to tell people like, and be encouraging, mm -hmm. um, because I can tell you, like, I would never have started this podcast if I didn't have anybody encouraging me. Yeah. Like, I would have just sat on it and left it as it was. And, and honestly, I still don't know, you know, which is going to bring me to my next question, but I still don't uh -huh. know, like, why this was on me to do. Um, mm. But I feel like somebody, obviously, some, it needs to be done because it's always, always there tugging at me. So, yeah. um, which brings me to my next question though. Mm. And this is my last question. So what would you say to people who have a book idea, but are plagued with the fear of expressing their idea or filled with self doubt about it? So like, I've had this, um, like I was just saying, like, who am I to like that kind of syndrome? Yeah. Why would anybody want to read what I have to say? Or why would anybody want to listen to my podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to people? Cause you've had to have gone through that. Totally. So what would you say to people who are struggling with that? Oh yeah. And I, I will, I definitely just want to say that I've, I've totally, had those exact same thoughts. I think every writer in the entire universe has had those thoughts of like, what, what is the point? Will anyone care about this book that I wrote or this short story that I wrote or this poem that I wrote or whatever? Right. And will it matter to anybody? And um, I do believe like what, when you talk about your podcast and the burst of inspiration that you got to, to actually create it, this itch, I call it an itch that's kind mm -hmm. of inside that, I, I believe that's kind of a God-given itch when, a, I when do an too. idea, I, totally I really do. do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, for, there are two answers, I guess I have to that is like one, when you think of it that way, when you think of it, that God gave me this idea, you know, um, for a reason, I might not know what it was for or who I'm supposed to touch with this idea, but I feel like I have to do something with it and to just trust it kind of the whole faith thing goes into that part yeah. <laughs> is just, you know, trusting that, um, that you're being inspired, uh, by someone greater than yourself. And that kind of might help you get through that part. Uh, you mean yeah. anyone who has that has an idea and is having that self doubt, you know, instead of trusting yourself, trust God, you know, right. trust that God knows what he's doing. Um, and then secondly, um, I, I have to totally steal this wonderful phrase that I heard from Les Roberts. He's a local Cleveland author and, um, he's been very successful with his writing. He came to my writing group one day 
um, that I was, I was just a student in the class and he, he was friends with my teacher. He came and he spoke to us and he said, nobody else can write your story. And yeah. I, 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 I just, I say that to everybody, every single talk I do to anyone. I always say that even when, when it's talking about creative inspiration, it's no one else can, I mean, you might have an idea, even if you think, and this is another thing that people say is like, well, what if, well, my idea might be similar to someone else's idea. Well, mm-hmm. that might be true, but no one else can tell the story the way you're going to tell it. You know, no, right. one, no one else has, you know, you can't, no one else can mind read you, you know, right. You right. have your ideas and your experiences and your belief system and everything that's inside you comes out in whatever you create. So no one else really can do what you can do um, yeah. in the only way that you can do it. And that is why, and that that's why I believe that God chooses individual people for certain creative projects, for certain inspirational projects. You know, when when you have that itch inside you, you know, it's just that, okay, God, I know you chose me for a reason. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing because, um, I think it's even cooler when you realize who that person was Yeah, like, like when you've done something and somebody says to you, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to hear right now. Or, you know, so like, I feel like for you, like in our relationship, I feel like I did need to read that story for all sorts of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, this, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I've dealt with a lot of grief this year. And, um, that like gave me some, your book gave me some hope. And like I said, I also like that part about, you know, the, the negativity sucking the energy, out of you like literally um (laughs) and I like that whole picture so I carry that with me so if anything you're supposed to reach me (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad and and I'm so thrilled too that like there was this um my uh uh, a son of my um a a friend that I've got up in Canada a son of, of one of my dad's best friends up in Canada he has a daughter who's I think around 10 years old and uh she, you know, I sent it up to her and now it's like one of her favorite books. And it's just so wonderful to hear like people that I didn't even think about that might enjoy the book and, mm-hmm. and it's, and share it with other people. I, it just really gets me excited thinking, you know, that of all these ways that your work can touch other people that you didn't even, you didn't even think about, you know? Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've had that. I've had people come up to me that I never thought would listen to my podcast. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. And then it inspires me to want to do more. Oh, yeah. So I think, like, the important thing is, is that we sh- it's a good thing to be to take the time to be encouraging to each other. I know we get busy and um, and, you know, like I was telling you, I forget, maybe two weeks ago when you were here, it's like I very rarely have time to just enjoy other people yeah yeah so um one thing I've definitely learned is that being encouraging and now that I'm on the other end of it and I'm trying to do something that's totally out of my comfort zone Mm. to like have other people encourage you so I thank you for that I you you are a huge encourager to me oh my ditto ditto yeah (laughs) yeah and I almost wonder like you know if well, I'm certain of it. I'm certain that I was supposed to meet you 
at the time in my life when I did because um you're a huge part of of why I keep going so oh god bless you thank you you. for everything and um I've enjoyed talking to you and we'll have to get together again sometime oh absolutely I can't wait I can't wait (laughs) all right well thanks for being on again oh my pleasure god bless you Cindy and all the work that you do oh thank you all (laughs) right I'll talk to you later all right bye-bye I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please leave me a review in iTunes. I would so totally appreciate that. You can also find more information and purchase Wendy's book called Somewhere in Between on my website by Googling your daily dose of awesome website. And now the moment you've all been waiting for and the winner for this week's your daily dose of awesome is Wendy Fidan. (laughs) Thanks for being a huge support. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.